my privilege to share this installment about why. Uh, why, why? You know, um, we got our, our vision statement, it's called Real Love Serves, and why? Why, what does that mean? What is it? And uh, obviously, Pastor Enns has been talking about that church is really not a building. You actually don't come to church. We keep saying that, but we actually are the church together. We are the church, it's the people. And we've been talking about the Jesus crate, that is one of the most important um, commandments that Jesus um, talked about with his disciples, which is love, the God, love your God with all your heart and all your mind, and love your neighbor like yourself, like you love your neighbor and your enemies and all of that. It's a, a huge statement. And I think, you know, sometimes we need to tell ourselves again and again, love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul. Because we sometimes forget when we are in the midst of things. Anyway, I found this little wee booklet of mine. This booklet is about, I think, at least 14, 15 years old. I, I don't know, in, in a moment of something, I wrote down all the things I would like to see and like to happen in my lifetime. Some people call it the bucket list. But hey, I was not dying, okay? <laughs> oh, no, nothing like that. But I really had in this moment uh, to write down the things that I believe for. And uh, so this book is that old. Uh, there's over hundreds of things in there. And I'm going to uh, read you something, the things that are in there. Because sometimes I tick them off once so often. Um, Yadami had a desire to go to Israel in 2013. We actually went to Israel. It was amazing. Uh, I had this real desire for our daughter who was living together with her, her partner. He's a beautiful man. But we had this desire as parents that they would actually get married. And they did. And they did. 2010, they got married. And then, obviously, I had children in mind. And... Uh, I wrote one, one, one day, I wrote nearly. And then I said, yes. And Hunter was born on the 5th of November, 2015. So there are some other things in there. One thing, really, I, I was reading it myself and said, what was I thinking when I wrote that down? I wanted to do a bungee jump. Yeah. I think. I thought, what was I thinking? So, no, no. But I wrote some other things in there. No, no bungee gym. It's number 20 in the book. I had a dear friend I hadn't seen for a long time, and I had such a, such a desire to see her once more time. So I asked God, could, could I see her again? I've got more friends in here in this booklet. And her name was Sarah. You know, and in 2011... Lo and behold, we met up again. It was just so good, isn't it? We haven't been apart for a long, long time. And there is lots of others in there. This one is outstanding for a long time, but I believe in it, it will come on the scene, and I believe that you love us. It's not that we need revival. I want to see revival. So it's in my book. It's in my book, In the Land of the Living, because revival is in heaven. But I wanted to see it in, the, in this land. And then one more. 
to raise people from the dead. You know, it's in the Bible. That's in the Bible, and we just pretend that it's not there. Although, Yad and myself have prayed for quite a few young people who, um, who had died, and we were funeral directors at that time, so we had took the liberty <laughs> and prayed for those young people to be raised from the dead. Uh, as you know, nothing happened, but we believe with all our heart that God is able to do that. So this is my little wee book. It's got lots of things that, ha- that I still would like to see happening in my lifetime. Yelp has got one too. It's quite different than mine, but hey. So at many of times people know if they only got six months or three weeks to live, uh, they make priorities, you know, because they want to do the right thing and they want to accomplish quite a few things. They want to meet people or they want to see things. Um, they want spend most of the time with their loved ones and, you know, and, and get those loved ones there. I remember my mom, he was, she, was, she was dying, she gave me a phone call. She said, I'm, I haven't got long to live and I was living in New Zealand. Mom lives in the Netherlands. And, and she said, I really want you to come home. I said, Mom, I'm on my way. There's a little bit more than a few footsteps, of course. So I, I saw my mom because it was her desire because she really wanted to see me one more time in the land of the living. And you know, people want to do things that have really meaning, and they say things that is so important, they need to pass it on to their children and their grandchildren. And, um, and I've been often been part of that when I was working for hospice, and uh, they have this service and other organizations in New Zealand are like that. They make things happen for people who have, haven't got long to live and they still want to do things. And they help them to make that happen. I've been part of many people who were in that stage in their last days and helped them to see all these things that were so important to them or make a book for them for their grandchildren. But you know what? I have never in my lifetime, never heard anybody even mention some things that are in the Bible. There was a person in the Bible who really was in his last days, wanted to do something, and I have never, never have heard that one before. And that was Jesus. In his last days, he thought that it was just one of the most important things, if you think that was in his last days, He wanted to show how much he loved his disciples by washing their feet. So let's go to John 13, verse 1 to 5. It says, it was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. In other translations said, he showed them the full extent of his love. And the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water 
into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. You know, living in those days and walking on the streets in those days was quite different from what we see today. All the cattle was on the road as well. And people had not beautiful shoes like we have. Well, maybe a bit like this. But they had all sandals, so they had dirty feet. Not only dirty feet, smelly feet. And it was just practice in those days. Before you get sit down on a meal, that someone would wash your feet. That was an expectation. And usually they would find the lowest of the lowest of the lowest servant to do this, you know, not such a nice job because smelly and dirty feet is just not a nice job to do. So when Jesus took out his outer garment, he probably had a beautiful garment, he took it off in saying that I'm laying aside who I am I laying aside everything, what I've, what I've taught or everything, I leave everything aside and I become the servant to wash the disciples' feet. Nobody of the disciples had it in their head to wash the feet of one another. Nobody, maybe they all thought of it, but they all thought, well, I'm not doing it. Let somebody else do it. Somebody else will do it. Maybe Peter will do it. But nobody had this attitude of washing each other's feet because that was the lowest of the lowest things we can do. It never occurred to them. But Jesus humbled himself. He humbled himself and washed their feet. You know, it was not only washing their feet who were dirty, but also their stinking attitudes. That's, that he was in for as well, because you could feel what they were thinking. Imagine, Judas was sitting there as well. He washed Judas' feet as well. He was the one who betrayed Jesus already. But Jesus still humbled himself and washed his feet. And when he was finished, he told them, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, there's a whole story around Peter, but we're not going to go there. I have given you an example. He said, you should do as I have done. So Jesus showed an example how love can look like. Sometimes we know about love, but it is not shown. People can can talk about love, you know, I love you, but they never show you anything. Then it it just can be just empty words. If Yalta said a hundred times I love you, but he will never hold my hand, or he will never uh, touch me, then I think, well, there's not much. You can say that you love me, but you don't demonstrate to me that you love me, or why you love me. So Jesus, his entire life was based on serving God, because that is the highest authority. If we think that our governments are the highest authority in the land, uh, lo and behold, that is not true. It is God who is the highest authority in our land, in our nation, and all the nations of the world. Our God has authority that goes above and beyond. So he, he came from that authority. Every Christian 
You know, we might have different reasons why we want to serve God. We are motivated by different things. However, the Bible makes it quite clear. You know, when Christ comes in our lives, something changes. Something really changes in us. That love that God has for us fills us. And we cannot help ourselves. Out of that overflow, we have to serve. We have to give away what we have been given. You know, the Bible says um, God gives seed to the sower, not to the collector or the entertainer. God gives seed to the sower. And so from that relationship, we, we serve God and we serve others. That love relationship. I remember when I accepted Jesus Christ and asked for forgiveness of my sins, it was just something overwhelming, something so clean and so beautiful. I don't know if Yelda remembers it, but my life was on a different track, totally, because I received the love of Christ in my life. And it was just so beautiful, I just had to tell the whole world, the whole world around me, that Christ loved me, and not on that day when I accepted Jesus, but before the foundation of the world, God loved me, and I was already His. So don't serve out of fear. You know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Remind yourself today when you hear all the news, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Not out of duty that you think you just have to, or obligation. You know, we just need to purely love from that place where God is in our heart, where the Holy Spirit is. We, we, we serve from a place of love. And it's not only what he has done, but this morning we were singing, it's also who he is. Who he is. He is the highest authority. He is the king of kings. You know, if Mr. Trump would walk in here and everybody would, oh. but God's here. He is the highest. He, he is here with us. And he deserves all our honor and our praise, our thankfulness, our gratefulness. It's from that place we serve. We worship God and serve him by serving others. But there is more. Because God demonstrated his own love to us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And it's just mind-boggling that he would love us where we were. You know, that is just mind-boggling. Some people say, well, I'm not good enough. I can't come to church because I'm not good enough. And it's just a lie. It is just a lie because God loves us. He loves every one of us. You know, love has a language, and we're not going to explain it all about it, but it has a language. We've all got a language when we speak love. You know, it can be in actually active service. It can be encouragement. It can be uh, quality time. It can be gift-giving. Gift Thank you, Yalta. Um, <laughs> But I ask you the question this morning, how do you serve God? And from what place do you serve God? 
From what place do you honor her? Is it because of what you can get out of it? Or is it because of thankfulness, gratefulness, honoring? You know, not with hidden agendas or hidden attitudes or I do it for my purpose. Well, you can live for your own purpose, but we as believers are called to a far higher purpose and to live for that. So how can this love look like? You know, if we come from a place that is, we could all take a minute and just take a moment. Because God is here. And he wants to fill our tanks with his love. He wants us to serve us, him, with all our, with everything we've got. A well-known passage is usually read out at a, at a wedding day. But really, it was not only meant for a wedding. It was meant to be for all of us, for life. How, do, how does this, this, this love, how can it look like? It's in 1 Corinthians 13, and you all know it. It says, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong. Not much. Or a clanging symbol. If I had a gift of prophecy and can phantom all mysteries and all knowledge, it would be so good. And I, if I have the faith to move mountains, yes, Lord. But if I don't have love, it is nothing. It is nothing. If I give all my possession to the poor, and some people in the society, they do, they, you know, a million here, you know, with the fires in Australia, they are very generous. But if I haven't got love, it doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't gain anything. So what is this love? What can it look like? Well, love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy and it doesn't boast. It's not proud and it, and it doesn't dishonor others. It's, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It's so beautiful. It always protects it always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. It is beautiful, and because God is love, that is what he is like too. And we are followers of Jesus Christ. I often have to remind myself, oh God, sometimes I get so fed up with something. And then I've, you'll find my, me in the toilet. Usually, I have to get myself right, because... I'm getting so annoyed with something or somebody. John 15, it says, love one another as I have loved you. You know, that can come in a billion ways. And we need to give what we have received, what you've got, what I've got, to serve God with everything that you have. You know, selfish people, they don't serve. They are only out for their own thing. And what can I get out of it? And, 
En wat is er een voor mij? Society is me, me en me en more of me. But the kingdom of God is not like that. The kingdom of God is God-centered. And we serve. If you have a person that loves to serve, you never get rid of them. And we've got them in our church. Here, right here. They, are, they, they can't help themselves to serve. And even you say, just leave it, they still do it. Because they can't help you. I want to honor one person. He's not here today, but he was in the first service. And you think it might not be much, but I can tell you it is a lot because he does it all the time. And not for a month, not for a year. For years and years and years, this person has been doing this. As soon as he comes on this site, he comes to the door, the first thing he looks at the rubbish. Always. We know for sure when Lindy Priest is on site because all our rubbish gets collected from everywhere and it's gonna get in the thing. He does it all the time. I said, so, some people say, Lindy, just leave it, you know. No, I like to serve, I need to serve. And we just leave him to it. We just leave him to it now. You know, the thing is, we are the body of Christ, aren't we? We, 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 we are community. We, we are also called church, but we are the body of Christ. And um, who likes everything in order and have it in the right place? Can I see a hand? Oh, a few of us. Yeah, me too. No, yeah, just like that. <laughs> I'm trying really hard, okay? I'm getting better. To have everything in the right place. But I still look for my glasses, even though they're on my head. I still look for my keys and scissors and pens and all of that because it's not in the right place. If you're a person who likes things in the right place, so good, God agrees with you. Isn't it awesome when God agrees with you? Um, because it says in 1 Corinthians 12 that God has a place for everything. Isn't that awesome? And a person has only one body but has many parts. Just have a check. Can we just point out if we all got a nose? Oh, come on, people. Have you got a nose? Yes, it's all similar and in the same place. Okay. Yes, there are many parts, and those parts are still just one body. And Christ is like that too. So some of us are Jews, and some of us are not. Some of us are slaves, and some are free. But we all baptized in one body, one spirit. And a body, person's body has more than one part, it has many parts. You know, and then it comes with the eye, I don't want to be the eye, and I don't want to be dead. But, you know, my ear sits here, and even if I wanted to go somewhere there, or here, it won't go. That is where it's placed. And that's also with the body of Christ. It says, but as it is for God, God put the parts in the body as he wanted to. He made a place for each one. It's so beautiful. So that there are many parts, but only one body. So God did this. That's the why, that our body would not be divided. God wanted the different parts to, to care for each other. And if one part in the body suffers, then all parts suffer. And if one part is honored, we are all honored. A win is our win. 
You had a win this week. It's our win. It's our win together because we are one body. I saw Caleb. Is Caleb, are you still here? Yeah, with his brace. Very good. You saw him walking with his brace, how difficult it was uh, because he can't obviously move this thing. I had a hip story. One day I found out I couldn't get up the stairs. And I went to, you know, couldn't, couldn't do it. I went to the doctor and he said, I'll give you a pill and whatever. We prayed and oh, what not. But it did not get better, it got worse. It got so bad that I couldn't get up the stairs anymore. But I had to throw my sore leg and all my weight came on the other leg. With the story was that my whole back got out of joint, so I had another thing coming with other pain shooting through my legs. It just showed me the story. You know, in a, in a body of Christ like this, in a community of us, our church, you know, um, they say that 20%, that's most of the work. And so if that is true, then we are limping. We are, we are limping because we need everybody to do or to be in their place. So I was thinking, you know, imagine what it looks like if we all took our place. And, and it doesn't matter what kind of place that God has called you to be, it is fine. We honor you. It doesn't really matter if you are preaching here. It's, it's a privilege. But every part of the body is important. Every part that you do is important. Beautiful. What would it look like? God sets us in a place. He does. He sets you in a place with everything that he has given you, all your abilities and your giftings. If you haven't done a growth track, well, go and see Grant and Ellie. They go growth track, you can find out about your abilities and gifting and how you can serve, or what is the best way for you to serve, to get going, to serve your community, serve your neighbors, whatever, just serve. Find out how you are wired, and serve others. You know, it was said about Jesus at the end of his life. It says that Jesus died empty. And that just so spoke to me lately because he gave everything what he was told to do. Everything that he had. Everything that he was to say. Everything he wanted to care. He died empty. Empty. So... So he go, go empty to heaven and be full in the glory of God. We all need to think about that. Embrace your place. Don't fight it. Just embrace your place. And just see what God can do when you embrace your place. It says God has prepared good works for us in advance. So trust him enough that he's able, you know, when you start in your place, God will move you on to bigger and better things. He is amazing. Embrace your place. What God has prepared for you to serve the highest purpose. And whatever you do, 
do it to the Lord. Not for men, but do it to the Lord. That is real love, serves.